Welcome to the Ladies of LifeSite. We're ladies simply navigating the challenges and triumphs of this modern culture as moms, wives, sisters, and daughters. Join us each week as we discuss the raw questions and situations that we face through the lens of faith and freedom. So grab your cup of coffee, tea, or beverage of choice, and let's dive into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. I hope you're all having a great week and that you've had a chance to slow down during this busy season to pause and reflect on what it's really about. We have a special episode for all of you this week where you'll get to hear from Reba, Maddie, and I. We've each put together a special Christmas reflection that I hope will be an encouragement and a blessing to each of you this Christmas. Maddie here. I normally love Christmas. I think it's a wonderful celebration of Christ's birth. Truly my favorite holiday is Easter, but I think Christmas is a lot of fun, especially now with the little one. It's just getting to see the joy and excitement through the eyes of of a little one is so fun and getting to instill traditions and things like that is really just such a treat and such a blessing. But this Christmas, I really have to admit more than anything, I was really starting to feel extremely overwhelmed and burdened. You know, Christmas cards have to go out. We've got to make Christmas cookies, get up the tree, see all these people, buy gifts, get, you know, get the gifts to people, travel, and then Christmas comes and it's all got to be done by a certain time. Oh, and the rest of your life doesn't stop while you're working on all these things. That combined with the scare of, oh, supply chain issues and you're not going to get things on time. It's going to take you months. I have to admit, I was kind of dreading Christmas. I just wanted it to come and go and just move on. But at mass last weekend, when the priest was reading the gospel, when Elizabeth greeted Mary, it really touched my heart. And it really reminded me what the purpose of the season was. And yes, I spent too many weeks in Advent being stressed and overwhelmed rather than remembering the purpose and the reason in the, in, for the season, so to speak. But as the priest was reading the gospel, I was reminded of the great joy and anticipation that Mary must have felt carrying the Christ child. And I thought about my own pregnancy when I was carrying our little one and the absolute joy and and just excitement that I felt leading up to the birth of our child. And so that really helped to center me and to bring me back to out of the state of being overwhelmed and uh, just stressed out about Christmas. And I realized, you know what? It doesn't matter if we don't send out Christmas cards, if there are no gifts under the tree, um, if we can prepare for Christmas and for Advent and spend Advent in the right mindset of preparing our hearts to receive the Christ child as Catholics going to confession, making it to mass, if possible, attending daily mass more frequently. You know, that's a beautiful way to prepare our hearts for Christ to come. In in the Gospels, Jesus tells the parable of the the rich landowner having the wedding. You know, nobody can make it. And so he says, go out and invite everybody in the village. And when the man comes who's not properly prepared and dressed for the wedding, he throws him out. For me, that's a very good reminder. We can get lost in the, oh, Christ loves us no matter what. And and that is true. But it's also very important for us to prepare ourselves to receive Christ, to, to be present at that wedding feast in the proper way, not dressed in dingy street clothes, but having 
properly showered our soul, so to speak, scrubbed it clean and putting on our finest garments. And so it was, sadly, it wasn't until this weekend's gospel that I was finally able to take that moment, start to refresh my own soul and remember what Christmas is all about. And it reminded me of this really amazing tradition that we had as a family when I was younger. We would read, it was, it was a book, it was a longer book. It was about a grandfather telling the Christmas story to his grandson. And it was just absolutely beautiful. And all throughout Advent, every night, we'd read a couple pages of this book. And it was just so fun and exciting. And as we got older, we'd get to actually read some of, you know, everybody would get a night to read. And it was, it just helped build that anticipation while centering us in the right spot, even as children. And so I know one of the things that we're going to continue in my family is that tradition of, of reading the Christmas story as we prepare for Advent, but also for myself, really making the extra effort to spend Advent preparing. I know that we just had an episode about this, and I think that it was a really great reminder for us, but maybe came a little bit too late. We needed it like at Thanksgiving. So that's, you know, that's kind of how I'm feeling going into this Christmas season. And I know there's always that reminder, oh, the material, it's not important. Focus on Christ. Let's keep Christ in Christmas. But actually being able to actualize that in our lives is a lot harder. And being able to say, you know what, if my Christmas cards don't get out on time, not a big deal. Or if we have two presents or, you know, no presents or they're not wrapped properly, it's not a big deal. And I think that if we can start to embody that spirit during Advent and then into the Christmas season, I think that others will start to recognize that and see that and reflect it in their own lives. And then to also just remember, at least for us Catholics, the Christmas season actually doesn't start until the 25th. So although I may have worried away my Advent, I am excited that we get this fresh chance to celebrate and honor the Christ child this coming couple of weeks in this Christmas season. And I just think that that's a really important reminder, hopefully for a lot of us out there that even though Christmas is fast approaching, we have not yet lost the opportunity to bring the joy and celebration back into our homes, especially as moms or even sisters, you know, daughters, whatever you may be. Women tend, women, but moms especially tend to be that emotional kind of stabilizer in the house when mom is anxious or upset, everybody's anxious or upset. But when mom can have that joy and that peace, it tends to help the household just on a whole in a really fundamental way. So it's not exactly kind of that fun and joyful Christmas reflection that maybe a lot of you have. I definitely have all of those memories of the fun toys that we'd get out and decorating for Christmas. And this year we made Christmas cookies and our little one started frosting them and punching them. And it was just, it was a, it was a blast. We had a great time, but I just really wanted to use this opportunity to remind anybody who's out there like me about just to kind of help recenter. And to remind us, especially as women, how important our role is to bringing that joy to the table, that joy that's centered in Christ. So thanks, everybody. God bless and a very Merry Christmas. Hey, ladies of LifeSite listeners, this is Rebecca, and I wanted to share a story with you. I promise that I'll tie it in with the Christmas season, so just bear with me. So I delivered our third child on September 4th of this year at close to 11 p.m. The hours-long labor did not result in a delivery of a loud crying infant making its debut into this world. Rather, it was silent, but for the weeping of my husband and myself. 
and a hushed murmur from the nurses and doctor attending to me. Our sweet daughter was stillbirth at 29 weeks. She did have an official name given to her at 18 weeks in the womb, but we don't share the names of our children with the online world, but I can tell you that it is an absolute gorgeous name. All that to say, our story isn't unique. There's been many stillbirths over the years. There's been many this year alone, and I'm sure there were several in my own home state on that very day. I know this, and yet it is still a unique part of our journey and of our story. And honestly, it has truly changed me forever. The moment that ultrasound happened earlier that day and it revealed there was no heartbeat and no movement from our daughter was the moment that I felt like I had two paths to choose from. Was I going to believe God was sovereign or was I going to let this moment destroy the lifelong faith I had established? It really it wasn't even a millisecond before my husband and I locked eyes with each other and knew exactly how we'd respond. If not, he is still good. With the other births of my two children, I truly had to grapple with the fact that my expectations were different from the reality of what happened. The same holds true for how everything has happened with our third child. In no way did I ever expect we would have a stillbirth, and in no way did I expect we would be bearing a child in our 30s, but we certainly did. During this Christmas season, I have thought a lot about the circumstances around the birth of our Savior. The scriptures tell us that Mary wasn't expecting to give birth in a stable, As a mom, I truly can't imagine going through labor while riding on a donkey. My husband's mentioned that he can't imagine being Joseph, who would have been supporting a laboring wife who was riding on a donkey just to get to their destination. I also can't imagine being told that, given the nature of the census and the fact that so many additional people came into the town of Bethlehem because of it, making the inn and other nearby places jam-packed, Mary was then told that she would give birth in a stable. Granted, the history tells us that probably the stable wasn't as stinky as we might imagine. They, you know, we know that the the stable was maybe underneath the inn. It was kind of like a garage. But even putting it in modern terms, giving birth in a garage sounds pretty, pretty extreme and certainly not what any mom would expect. She was probably extremely thankful for being given someplace dry and warm, but I'm not not sure still (laughs) that it would have met her expectations. So I keep coming back to expectations and the sovereign will of God, how this all comes together into a beautiful testimony. Mary's expectations might have been different, but God's sovereign will provided the most wonderful testimony. This story has been told millions of times and influenced millions of people. I kind of keep coming back to the fact that no matter what our expectations are, if we're submitting to the will of God and will be ready to be his hands and feet, if we're ready to participate in his generosity, then the stories that result have the opportunity to be glorifying and honoring to him. So if we're willing to be molded by him, our expectations begin to shift and start to become in tune with the sovereign will of God. And that right there is an outstanding opportunity. There's a song by Lauren Daigle. I'll put a little addendum here saying I don't necessarily agree with her politics. So if you know much about what she believes, don't think of this as a massive endorsement. However, the song is really beautiful. It's called Salt and Light. And part of the lyrics say, let my eyes see your kingdom shine all around. Let my heart overflow with passion for your name. Let my life be a song revealing who you are. Obviously, Joseph and Mary's life was a song that reveals who Christ is, and I can only pray that my story, every little bit of it, is a song that reveals who Christ is. 
My heart is always working on overflowing with passion for him. And I can absolutely say, especially during this season, that I certainly see his kingdom all around me. My prayer for each of you ladies of LifeSite listeners is that you will join me in committing to spending an extra few minutes asking the Lord for our expectations for this Christmas weekend to be aligned with his will, asking him to help with our expectations for the coming year to be aligned with his will. May we take the good from this year and commit to allowing our lives to reveal who Christ is to every person we interact with, from our husbands and kids to our sisters and brothers, to our parents, to friends and extended family, and to the people we encounter at the store. May our expectations be aligned with his. Hi, everyone. I'm Lisa. Romans 15, 13 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy. Hope. It's something that the world is so thirsty for, especially after 2020 and 2021 and everything that we have all endured. So many are feeling burdened and weary and have lost hope. One of the definitions of hope is to have confidence and trust. Do you have confidence and trust anymore? It seems like many have lost their confidence in world leaders and organizations in the church. It's shaken our traditions and our trust in anything and everyone, for that matter. The last two years, it's shaken us all. They've changed us, and some for the better, and others in a way that they're still processing. Two years ago today, before COVID shut down the world, I was 41 weeks pregnant with our daughter. I remember that season of waiting and anticipation and excitement for what she would look like and be like. And when am I going to go into labor? Is it going to be right now? And I just remember that waiting time. And I longed to meet her and hold her. I remember thinking that this feeling must have been exactly what Mary felt like, excited, nervous, and hopeful. Except I, unlike Mary, was fortunate enough to sit in my home next to the fire and sleep in my warm, comfortable bed. Mary's experience, though, was much different. She rode on a donkey for what was has been said to be roughly 87 miles over a period of four days. Can you imagine if you've ever been pregnant in the end of pregnancy? It's just so uncomfortable. Your body aches. You're exhausted. It's just rough. But imagine being at the end of your pregnancy with all of that, addition to riding a donkey in haste to Bethlehem. So that verse, now the God of hope, fill you with joy. God is a God of hope, and though you may have lost your confidence and trust in churches and governments and even your communities, you can place your trust in the one who sent his son to embody hope and fill you with joy. Christmas traditions can be fun. They can add to the excitement of this season. There's a lot that goes on during this time, and sometimes we can get overwhelmed and bogged down. But don't get so caught up in doing all the things and being perfect and getting everything right this season that you miss Jesus. Recently, I was at a mom's group that I'm a part of, and one of the mentor moms shared that if she could go back and change anything about Christmas with her kids growing up, it would be to focus more on Jesus. All of the traditions, all of the fun things can be great. And they can add to the excitement. But she said that. And then every mentor mom we heard from after that said the same thing in a different way. And it really stuck with me that if all of these women 
who are older and have kids who are out of the house now, if they are all looking back and saying this one thing, it's I think we should listen. So don't get too bogged down this Christmas season that you miss Jesus. The Christmas season, it's a time for us to lay down our cares. Set aside your worries. If you're feeling weary, if you've lost your confidence in the things of this world, it's time to refocus and place your trust in Christ alone. Christmas can be so simple. During this season of hustle and bustle of errands and overwhelm, lean into the hope and joy that can only come from Christ. Focus on being present over perfect. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son. And that's exactly Christ came to give us new life. He humbled himself to be born in a barn and laid in a manger all so that we can have faith, that we can have eternal life, that there's something for us after death. So when governments and world leaders are pushing a message of death and hopelessness on us with the uncertainty of what a virus or tomorrow will bring for us, we can have confidence, we can have hope, not in the things of this world, of course, but we can have hope in something greater than that. We can boldly say that the enemy has no authority over us. He has no authority over our families and over our households. The power of faith is greater than that out of fear. So as you sing your Christmas songs, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. That line, let it stick with us. Let it remind us that the weary world can rejoice at this thrill of hope that we can have in Christ because of what Christmas is all about. So may the God of hope fill you and your families with joy this Christmas. From all of us at LifeSite News, we wish you a blessed and joyous Christmas full of peace, joy, and hope. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.